All right, everyone. Welcome back to Ball, Bull, and Gold. Apologies for the week hiatus in a podcast, you know. Had some scheduling conflicts. It is what it is, but don't worry. We're back, and we are pissed off and sad. Um, you know, as we've done with the other losses this year, should we start with the Irish, get it off our chests first? I think yeah, so. we can do that. Yeah. Go ahead, T. I know you have thoughts. Yeah. So my, my biggest my biggest gripe for sure, is, I, I have a lot, but settling for three field goals in the first half was was really, really bad. Like even after a muff punt and a pick six, that game could should still probably go to the half 24-21. There is execution and coaching too. The the first drive, the the fact that we don't get in the end zone in the first drive is is so frustrating. And that actually I thought had a lot more to do with or had a lot more to do with execution from guys on the field than it did from the coach's box. I thought it was like well scripted. That screen, running that screen on second and ten yeah. versus running it on third and ten later in the game, I was a much bigger fan of. And it would have worked had Holden stays, not just whiffed, and Sam Hartman had the throwing the, the and Sam Hartman not throwing the ball two yards behind behind I think it was I think it was Tyree. I think it was Tyree. Yeah, like that that's really frustrating. And then the subsequent play, you run it you third and ten, you run it into an eight man box. Um, no check whatsoever from Hartman. I like and, and they, they had it blocked perfectly, but Clemson was just plus one to the play. Um so that was really frustrating. And and then the the, the last drive where you get inside the four with about two minutes left and you end up having having to settle for three. Yeah, so uh, really poor. Turnover. Yeah, I was at um was that the turnover? No, turnover second half, I think. No, yeah, it was at the X's interceptions in the second half, but um it was just one of those drives like you put you put it together you get inside the four uh, under two minutes and the fact that we didn't think we had four downs to pick up four yards is mind-boggling to me clemson hasn't moved the ball really all that well like especially in chunk plays right like moff was picking up his moff was pick up six seven a carry but they're not moving bo collins it's not like they're going to hit something quick and we still decide to settle for three Really embarrassing performance from the offensive line. If you're not named Joe Alt, and uh, yeah, that 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 really that really sucked. I don't understand why you why we're not going for it. Need down it, three scores with with um, with 90 seconds left in the it, first. Half. It seemed like Marcus was a little shell shocked. I agree. Um, yeah. Even with like what he said after the game with the Hartman interception, he's like that's he, he literally said spooked. Spooked. You can't get spooked. Can't get spooked. What, that can't happen. Yeah, so it seemed like he was a little shell shocked. He didn't know. He mishandled the timeouts. Like the timeouts were backwards. Like you yeah. called the timeout. You probably shouldn't have. Like get your ass to the to like to the locker room. But then you had him in third and long with two timeouts left in a minute, and you didn't call a timeout. Like it's a little backwards. So he seemed just rattled, uh, mm -hmm. which you can't get rattled. Like we were still in that game, and if we don't stall in the red zone three times in the first half, it looks a lot different. So that's I think the answer for why we didn't have four downs there. It's because our coaches rattled. Yeah. Yeah. One thing like more thematically than in just any specific plays is like this team has been so up and down in wanting it more than the opponent. It's like, it almost makes you worried about Marcus. They're like, yeah, you can get people up for big games. Like, yeah, you look at USC and like, I guess you could say mostly for Ohio state too. Like 
those games, the team comes out and, like it's very obvious which team on the field wants it more. It's also been very obvious in two of our losses which team mm-hmm. wanted it more, made yeah. way more crucial plays. You know what happened today is like the the game in between the game, like they didn't outgain us by insane amount. We made dumb mental mistakes and didn't execute on crucial plays. You know the like you know second third first downs. You know Audric had a good game had to, had to go away from him at the end, but it was the mental aspect that was more shocking to me about this than anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my overall takeaways <laughs> were like us doing a podcast after Ohio State and us doing a podcast after Louisville really hurt. This one for me was a little easier to swallow because it was pretty clear that we're just not that yeah. good. We didn't have the talent to make up for that lack of fight uh, in that moment at Louisville or in this game. Um, and then my other thought is I'm so with you, Slev, on the play calls were there. The execution wasn't. But again, that goes back to the coaching. What are we doing wrong during the week where we can't get our guys ready to execute on Saturday? Like, are we too loose on them? Like, I don't care if Gerard Parker made the right calls at a couple of times. His offense is not good enough. That's a lot of mental mistakes. And Sam mm-hmm. Hartman's scared to throw the ball downfield. Now I get it's part of his receivers. And where were they? You know, where were they? The also, by the way, lost, I think we're talking about freshman wide receivers not being able to do anything. Clemson's secondary was banged up. They're playing freshman sophomores back there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, it's not like we're going against Denzel Burke from Ohio State. We can't get opening up on him. But why are we it's going backwards? Place. Like Rico Flores looked like a, a a junior who'd been in college for five years against Ohio State, and he was nowhere to be found. Um, our best player is a walk-on lacrosse player, freshman. That'll never get you anywhere. If However, that kid can wiggle. Just sure. Yeah, he's absolutely. Make a lot of big plays. Once yeah. again, I don't think that can be your number one. You need that. Not you know. sustainable, but I want to just yeah. say it. I, if there was a bright spot, that was it. Were we? Yeah. Were we? I mean, obviously, Holden Stace was schemed open for a couple of touchdowns against NC State. It, is he not who we thought he was? God, I was pretty disappointed with him. Once again, like we've seen him block much better than he's blocked. We've seen him make catches. We've heard reports in practice saying, you know, this guy can line up in the slot, go down the scene, be a matchup problem. Like, you know, he he looks very similar to Tommy Tremble in that, you know, he's athletic. He can like pull around and block, but that dude's not Tommy Tremble. Not at all. Yeah. He was at least at this stage. So on on the on the point of holding stays, it was really frustrating. And maybe he just had a bad game. Like, I don't think Howard Cross had it. Like, there was other guys who had bad games, and it, it, it's a little bit more glaring on that side of the ball, especially when we're not moving the rocket off. But stays stays whiffs on the screen, or he does a really bad double on that screen. And then we're, we're – I forget who is running We it were like 30 field. yards downfield, and he just – 30 yards down. It was – okay, it was the Rico crosser. It was the Rico crosser, and he just drilled Janarian Price rather than hitting somebody in an orange jersey. That was mind-boggling. I, like, you don't even really have to make contact. That's one of those things where you can throw your hands up and, like, show, your, show them your back. You just you just can't yeah. get around you, right? You just can't miss. You just got to put your body in the way of that body. You don't even really have to make contact with him. It was very, very, very confusing day at, at Holden Stays. I also – Dee, your point around around him being a potential threat in the slot. This is where I have a little coaching. I, you know, I'm not going to absolve coaches completely here because I still have a huge issue with with Parker, especially in the second half. But how many times do we see stays in the slot? Now, I tried. I couldn't get the full game, so I didn't rewatch the full game today. And I watched a little differently on Saturday than I normally do. But like, 
I don't think we saw Stays as that slot threat. Now they tried to replace Mitchell Evans with Stays when that's not what he's good at. Like he's a different player than Mitchell Evans, and we tried to go like and for like they had. They're both great tight ends, but they or they both good tight ends. They got different strengths. Yeah, they're different. They're yeah. different, and and this so is, to sp- go ahead, D. I mean, this is like the you know you talk about the like the depth of our tight end room caught up to us because you know an Eli Rarity and Cooper Cooper Flanagan they're probably a year or two away. Raritan's mm-hmm. coming off two ACLs. Flanagan's a true freshman. It's where Kevin Bauman also being out for the season. He's probably the guy you plug in there for that yeah. inline tight end role. And, you know, having your first two guys at that position out is what killed us. Like, yeah. I agree, Stays is a second tight end. It seemed like we just didn't play to our strengths the whole week. So yeah. I, I think I texted you guys after Audric had probably the best opening drive we've seen him have all year. Yeah. And I texted you guys, like, the play action – is gonna go crazy today with these like oh back corners, gosh. and we had two play actions. Two what play actions. What the fuck are we doing, man? Like that could not have been a worse read for me, and the read was more so just trusting that our offensive coordinator would do the right thing. I, I it was crazy how we just didn't pick up what was right in front of us right there. Like we had strengths that we could exploit against Clemson, and we didn't. We played right into their hands. Played exactly how Clemson wanted us to play. Get get Sam Hartman in third and long and make him look like a jag. And he certainly looked like one. Before we move on to Hartman, I got one thing on estimate. I don't know. I I, I guess I just kind of took it for granted that he would be good at it because I thought he was a really good all-around ten, uh, running back. Uh, am I noticing that estimate is fairly one-dimensional in that he's not a great pass catcher? And he's fine. He, and, he can't, and he can't pass block. Like, 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 I love, I love Audrick Estimate. I think he's been a blessing. He's going to be one. He's going to be the second, second running back, first, second running back off the board. No doubt about not if it. He, not if he can't block. But at that size, at that size, his inability to stand in there and protect the quarterback when you need him to is alarming. Yeah, alarming. Kyron, Kyron Williams, half his fucking size, had no problem putting his hat on somebody's chin and pile driving him to the ground. See, it's a thing where we also like it's so predictable. Like when we would like, I think he would have gotten a lot. Like he should be in on third downs a lot of times. But we put in Jabron Payne. Everyone knows we're fucking passing the ball. And then Jabron yeah. Payne, the guy we put in there to fucking do that job. I know he straight up whiffed on one and almost got Sam killed. He yeah. did earlier. I thought our running backs just had a bad game in general. Jeremiah Love has been better. Um, He's kind of hitting the o- wall. O line, I thought. Could have had a much worse game. Zeke Carell got eaten up until he got hurt. And then Kristoffic played, what, one snap before getting hurt? Yeah, one series. Ashton Craig actually did okay. He did yeah, fine. fine. How has Blake Fisher taken such a big step back? I, I People said we had – maybe that was a bit of a stretch always. Definitely a first and a second pick, second round pick. I genuinely don't see how an NFL team thinks Blake Fisher is worth a draft pick. They don't anymore. They don't anymore. You can't, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Bump him inside the guard next year. But then it's like, because I think, I think he could be much better suited where he's not getting, doesn't have to play in as much space and can just be an enormous body. But like, that's a fucking next year problem. He's been horrible this year. Yeah. He's been real bad. He's been real bad. And, they made a play at the end to miraculously get us the ball back, but the D line was nowhere to be found. No, nowhere. Couldn't couldn't get any pressure against a Clemson offensive yeah. line that I don't think is very good. They're not. 
they looked tired. They looked beat up. And then, like, we kind of went to our, our second line, like Jason Onye, and then those guys got exposed even worse. Um, that was where I looked all year. The one single time that they passed the ball on us, we had Hart and Morrison out of the game. And they were just yeah. hitting us for slants, which that hurts. Yeah. I was really the only drive club. I mean, losing to a quarterback throwing for 109 yards and 70 of them came on one drive. The other, what, 10, 12 drives that they fucking had, the dude had 30 passing yards, and you yeah. let the team score 31 points and lose the game. Okay. On that 24. on that topic. 24. Verbal meme. Verbal meme, the office meme. Corporate wants me to tell you the difference between these two pictures. And one of the pictures is Cade Klubnik this year against Notre Dame, and the other one is Drew Pine against Clemson last year. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. What was the difference? No. Phil Maffa is – Audric and Logan Diggs from that game, they get yeah. a huge special teams play in a pick six. Like the parallels are very obvious from these yeah. games. Also, with neither team on either side being that good, like we just were on the wrong side. And it's it's if you don't bring your A game every week in college football, you will get. And Clemson, look, they're better than five and four. They are mm-hmm. better than five and four. We honestly got them at their worst, and we still couldn't take advantage of it. Like they're a talented team, but they're banged up, um, and we weren't ready to go. We were not ready to go. No, not at all, man. And man, Sam Hartman for every for anything everything good that he's done, he has proven to be a jag the last yeah. few the last month and a half, man. He's missed. I he's love missed him a lot. He's bought a lot of good stuff to shop Ben. I thought that he played really well early. As of late, man, he's he he was dog shit this weekend. So he's been in college for six years, and he was the top quarterback in college football for three of them. And he thought too that were the common denominator there that he came to South Bend and our coaches got hold of him and turned him into something he's not. I think he's banged up, has fewer weapons. Maybe also was a product like was really fucking good at the system, Wake Forest. Like he yeah. almost looks like that, like fucking slow mesh. Like this is really fucking good at running that. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know. Like I, we, I do we have Gino really Guardini is a good coach. No idea. No they credit him for Desmond Ritter, but like I don't think Desmond Ritter was ever that like elite of a college quarterback. That like, those teams no. won because of their defenses and stuff. Yeah, like, he was Desmond a Ritter is a good athlete. Like two different things. I'm we're very worried about the offensive side of the ball. Very worried. Very going forward. Very. Yes. Now, I pre previous weeks I kind of defended Parker uh, from like, hey, this is a little bit of an offensive execution standpoint. This was one of those weeks that, like, especially with the way the second half went, where it was just a punt fest and you just kept getting pinned deep, right? And you needed to move the ball. Just a our little in, bit. Our inability. These are things where you just need to be able to scheme guys open to get the drive started, right? Like, don't, don't, because we don't have guys who can get separation. We we just don't have anybody who can get separation right now. Even when Mitchell Evans is in the game, he doesn't get separation. He makes great catches in tight windows. We don't have anybody who can get separation. We got to be able to scheme guys open. I watched Oklahoma State do it to a Brent Venables defense again uh, against Oklahoma this weekend. What's what's the difference in the caliber of athlete at Oklahoma State? versus what you have at Notre Dame. 
they can scheme they scheme guys open all, all fucking day on 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 Oklahoma. Why can't we just that that's what that's the part that drives me nuts about Parker, man. We just extremely extremely predictable on offense. Very little um trusting, very little trusting Sam Hartman, very little to make some pre pre-snap reads. Um and, and and just really can't get get guys open in simple ways, right? Yep. Lack of creativity. Way oh, too much like talent. Crazy. Way too much that that's talent to be that useless. Like I much rather would have had Clemson's offense out there. I felt better about us scoring. <laughs> yeah, I did. yeah, and and, the, and we almost did, man. Like Ben Morrison jumps, jumps that that wide receiver the bubble that they tried to run. Yeah. If if he if it hadn't been as congested over there, that's probably a pick six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was there was also like. Bottom line is our defense gave us a chance to win it, and there was a couple bounces that could have gone our way that didn't, but that's the game. We could have won without those bounces. Still didn't take yeah. care of it. Yeah. 100%. So even after Ohio State, maybe a little bit after Louisville, we still thought, you know, we're heading in the right direction. Do we still feel that way? Uh, I think – it doesn't feel like we're that off. It doesn't feel like we're that off. I'm gonna st- go ahead, stuff. Right now, my, my answer this week is like no, because I genuinely think that that game is super gettable, and Notre Dame beat themselves. Didn't get beat by Clemson. Uh, like I had to try. Yeah, you know, I just think he left a lot out there. Overall, though, what I, what we wanted, what I wanted out of this year as Freeman grows up as a coach is don't get you don't get you don't get beat by really subpar teams. Don't lose to Marshall. Don't lose to Stanford. And we didn't do that. Louisville is proving to be a very good team, like a better team than a lot of people are giving them credit for. I think they're going to end up being a top 15 team. They might play for the ACC championship game or for the ACC championship. Excuse me. Um, don't lose those bad games. So now you're not losing those bad games. But you're still not showing up in some in some bigger spots. So yes, you've moved forward in that in that sense. But at the same token, like this is still a really tough pill to swallow. Just you've looked dismal on the road every time you've left home. Yeah, the road. If the road thing is a big deal, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I'm not understanding that. Um, what is it that we can't get our get our guys up and at them on the road? Um, I don't think we're that far off. We are playing a, a lot of young guys. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it may not look great at this point, but we have had a pretty rough go schedule-wise. Like, I think our guys are beat up. It's late in the season. It's tired. We've had to play some pretty physical teams that a lot of teams in college football don't have to play in September and October. Like, if you look at our schedule for next year, we have AM, who's probably going to fire their coach at the end of this year. And we don't really play anybody like we we could be this good that we are this year, and we could be ten and one this time next year. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. I think for me, it's Marcus has to take a step back, and I'm not saying auto fire Jared Parker or anyone else, you know, on the staff, staff, but like the aspect of loyalty and like I know like he's had a bunch of relationships that got him to this point, but. You know, if you the, you have to every single offseason, every single week, week to week, you have to decide: Am I do as the head coach of Notre Dame? You have to 
let's take a step back and look, am I doing everything I can that's in the power, you know, granted to him by the administration to put the best product on the field on Saturday afternoons? And I think there are some decisions that obviously Parker wasn't his first choice, but next offseason, if there's a fucking better guy out there, I, I think, you know, like I said, I'm not getting paid a shit ton of money to make those decisions. He is. And there's a lot of people counting on him to do that. And I don't think Jared Parker is probably the best offensive coordinator that the University of Notre Dame can put out there. No, you you know what? He was a great tight ends coach, though. What's the issue with being like, hey man, this isn't working. We still want you around. Go coach our tight ends. Let's bring somebody else in. They had a great, they had a great room. I I had no problem. I have no problem with Jared Parker the tight ends. Yeah, I do have a question for you guys. Like Freeman, your boss is leaving, and your boss's boss is leaving. How does that affect the program? Is there a chance that those two guys come in and be like, hey, we want back football. Here's a bag. Go go build out your staff. I don't know. If, I don't know if Freeman would know what to do with that. To be honest, I think Vivacqua is encouraging there, considering he comes from kind of the media side of things. Yeah. And you know, knowing that he'll have Notre Dame's back and those negotiations, I hope I don't see why he wouldn't. That's probably yeah. the huge reason why they hired him up top. Jenkins, like literally, no idea. We could hire a priest that says football's bad for the institution. <laughs> yeah. That is um, a big question mark. Yeah, to, to me, even if even if that bag came, I'm, I'm more optimistic about it. Um, I think Swarbrick did a, a lot of what he could. I think Vivac was going to really open up the door, which is nice. And to my understanding, or from what we heard, especially like I know Pete and Matt Fortuna covered it this week on there on the Independent, but like Shrewsbury got a nice chunk of change, and we paid a nice mm-hmm. buyout to get him out. So there, it seems like there's a willingness to spend a little bit more as well, which is good. Uh, I, my thing is, it, even if you got the bag, I'm I'm looking at the staff, and there's there's not a ton that I would change. Like I think the defensive side of the ball, I don't think the defensive line played great this week. But if you could keep, if you told me the defensive defensive staff was going to stay intact, I'd be ecstatic about it. You think it will? Like I think no, Golden's going to get a look. I don't. If think, Golden gets I'm not an NFL, sure it will. so but, I'm literally thinking that I still root for Al Golden next year when. Luana Rumo <laughs> becomes an NFL head coach and the Bengals offer Al Golden the DC position. Yeah, you might. Nick yeah. yeah. is gone. No, but but I'm saying if like if you told me the defensive staff was intact next year, I'd be really happy about Love that. It. I'm not yeah. saying it will be, but I like I, I I wouldn't make a change on that side of the ball unless you had to. Like somebody leaving. On the offensive side of the ball, I would keep if you could keep McCullough where where he's at, I think Dealer McCullough's a great running backs coach. Yeah, probably should get a look at an OC job at some point. Clearly, I think a great Chad, evaluator, dude can yeah. see talent. Unbelievable talent evaluator. Uh, I think I, I, I guess Chancey Stucky kind of remains to be seen here, but I, I'd hold on to him. My Rudolph, eh? My big, basically, what I'm trying to get at is like the biggest, the only place that I'd really make a serious change would be at offense at offense coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, Chauncey Stuckey, he, he had 2-7 offsuit as what he was dealt. Yeah, for sure. seriously. For sure. But he has also turned that into playing Tobias Merriweather, which how, – how has that happened? And the only other guy is Braylon James. Play like, Braylon James. Play Braylon James. Isn't Tobias Merriweather's yeah. dad a coach? Something Don Merriweather, I think so. Yeah. I think we see him on Twitter all the time. Yeah, I think he's a coach. 
And there's no way he coached his son to give 80% effort in the fourth quarter like that. It was that I noticed that too today on the on the condensed game. I was like, what the fuck's this? Dude, it was gettable. A couple yeah. balls this way were gettable, and he's going 80%. Yeah. Which we've seen him like block down the field, like look as you engage, but when the ball comes his way, it seems like he doesn't want it. Should he, yeah, let's flip him. Let's let's play the Xavier Watts card and flip him to safety. See if see if that happens. Um, Give it a go. I, I, I'm in on Sucky because I think Cam Williams could be really really good. Like I, I think mean, he's super dynamic. Great house uh, looks great. Yeah. Rico Flores looks great. Great house looks great. Faison looks great. So three freshman did, guys that could turn out. Did Great House end up? Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Did Great House end up with any receptions? I don't know. We had a bad PI. And Thomas are still just like they're not hundred percent. Yeah, nothing for heard. nothing from Great House, but he's out there for a lot of the plays. And I yeah. get like you just don't have bodies, but if he's not if he's not good, man, like in, uh, I don't know if a if a seventy percent Great House is worth putting on the field. Yeah. If he's not like he's just not, he's not a superstar receiver yet. That is good enough of a decoy. Yep, you're losing a soul out there. Like, mm-hmm. yep, very sad. Frustrating. Right. Anything what's else? What's the uh, what's the goalpost now? Because we got to move him again. I think with For this LSU season? with LSU yeah. losing, I think there's uh. Pretty damn good shot. We get matched up with Bayou Brian. That'd be awesome. That'd be actually such a bailout for us as fans for this season. Yeah. If if we somehow get to 10 wins by picking off Brian Kelly, I will be happy. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's the only solace, right? That that is the goalpost now. And what might even what's going to benefit us more is that guys like Malik Neighbors and uh, Harold Perkins opt out aren't going to play. And guys like Cam Hart and Sam Hartman and Audric Estimate are probably going to play. Yeah, I think yeah. Alt I think Alt will probably even play. We'll see. I but, can see Audric being the only one to yeah. yeah, Audric and Alt are like I'm not making up. But 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 my yeah. point is that our for the most part, I think the dudes that we would need probably stay in play. Yeah. I mean I Hartman, think. like at that point, you don't know if you're ever gonna play another meaningful football game. And you're like, yeah, you so. should. He, he will be playing. Ten to yeah, three yeah. games left. Yep. Yeah. Um, These were bowl eligible. Yeah. Ian. Ian. Clemson's not there yet. No. Ian, to your point about like about whether or not this one, like how this, how this hurts or how this stings compared to Louisville and Ohio State. It's. Uh, I agree that this one hurts a little bit less, but it is. It's a difficult pill to swallow that. I don't feel like you took. I, I I don't feel like you took a step forward, mm-hmm. right? You're still the same in the win column. Still didn't yeah. show up in some spots that you really should have shown up in. Struggled like some things got better, but some things got worse too. Yeah, you also had a chance to stick a knife into Dabo, and you missed that opportunity. You had so many. Ch- that's the hard. I think that's that's super difficult right now. Is like you yeah. had a chance. That and I wanted to make that point too. Like the college football landscape, this is the this is the most open I think it's been in quite a while. Uh, Agreed. Michigan's Michigan's really good. Georgia's really good, but Georgia looks gettable, right? Like Missouri hung with them, uh, but everyone else is very fallible. 
and very gettable. And like you beat Ohio, like you beat you beat Ohio State, and you take care of business in the other two games you're supposed to. You look at your best shot in a long time, right? Like when we got to the playoff the last two times. Yeah, I was excited to be there, but how realistic was it, right? Yeah, that you, that you had a shot. Like I think you get into a playoff game this year, and like anything's possible, right? right? You might see Oregon and Texas in there for the first time in forever. Like, yeah, that that part's that part sucks, man. It, it just felt very open this season, and we don't know if it'll be op- this open again. I guess with the twelve team playoffs, it might be different, but yeah, I mean, this would have taken us out of that, and I think going forward, that will be the barometer. If you're not making a twelve team playoff, the season's a failure. And yeah, this team I agree. could have done that until this game, and now it's like, all right, whatever. Um, should we talk about? Broader scope, start down on the bayou. Yeah, so it was yeah. Like Tuscaloosa. That was a fun game for most of it. It was I fun. Like I agree. Uh, I. What was that, D? No, that was me. The, the defensive football was okay. It was okay. <laughs> uh, it was fun. It was fun. I, it, it, it was really fun, especially when they were trading scores, man. Like, it felt like one of those whoever blinks first or flinches first is going to get punished. And it did, that's what happened, right? LSU flinched and, and Bama made him pay. Um, I, I don't know how everybody else feels about this, but like, I was happy to see Tommy Reese kind of figuring yeah. it out, right? Today, yeah. like, it felt like a figured out weekend for him. I thought he called a really, really nice game. Um, LSU, you know, he attacked the things. LSU tried to take some things away, which left some weaknesses on their defense. Tommy went right at those weaknesses, uh, and and it paid dividends. So I was happy for him. It was, and it, it truly was a fun game, but that that part was like pretty satisfying for me uh, to have him get a little validation as yeah. the Bama OC. So, I mean, he's got a, like a a pretty good weapon uh, as quarterback, and he finally figured out how to use him. Obviously, yeah. LSU's defense was very gettable, especially their wow. secondary. But I thought Jalen Miller looked really good. They keep getting better. Seems like they're kind of hitting their stride at the right time. Yeah. You're telling me that they can't be be number one when it's all said and done? They could. I, I, I honestly I, wouldn't I see a world in, at this point. I, I see a world that they could beat Georgia. So do I. Yeah. Yep. Then so you're I, looking – just like we have so many times in the past, two SEC teams. Be, it'd be I don't hilarious. Know if you are. Like, I don't know if you are, to be honest. You, you think a one-loss Georgia doesn't make it? Because of SEC's play in out-of-conference, ESPN being an SEC like property, or SEC being an ESPN property is like not helpful there. But, my God, Oregon and Washington, I guess the Pac-12 is kind of falling apart. Yeah, if, if Ohio State's still number one going into the Big Ten Championship weekend, and they play a tight game, or I guess in the last week of the season against Michigan, they play Michigan tight. Like both, I think yeah. two Big Ten teams, maybe ACC Over. and Pac-12. Like I, I, yeah. I don't know. And there's still one lost Texas if they. One lost Texas, yeah. one lost Florida, or no loss Florida State, and potentially mm-hmm. two one lost Pac-12 teams. All right, question. Just to play devil's advocate here, Louisville and Florida State face off in the ACC championship game. Louisville wins. Does Louisville have a case for a playoff spot? 
No, I think they're the, the further they're the furthest down one lost conference championship team, and they yeah. lost. I to think so an too. Absolutely dog shit pit team. Yeah, you lost I to a terrible agree. pit team, and like whether we like it or not, preseason conception matters. And mm-hmm. like if you're going against the other teams that we preconceive to be a lot better than you, you're going to lose out. We haven't helped them out either. We did not. <laughs> Neither did Duke. Like the ACC is collapsed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't have a ton guys. else to say like on the rest of the country. I don't feel like I don't feel bad for Caleb Williams because he's got to kind of reap what he sows. Like he's been literally act like he's God's gift to earth for a while. Like, dude, you didn't you didn't win. I was happy about that. Yeah, then they those are the classic they fired Alex Grinch on the tarmac. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's but he is whatever we think of Gerard Parker, he's just worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um uh, so, I mean Oklahoma's out. Yeah. Oklahoma's out. I, I, I did like seeing that for all the Oklahoma State Cowboy fans out there. I know there's a lot listening to this pod. Last time you're playing them for this mm-hmm. foreseeable future, big time game. You have it at home and you send them out as losers. I, I liked that. And I like I like Gundy. Like he's a fun guy. Totally. Agreed. Totally agreed. Totally. And they can't like honestly crazy as it sounds because I didn't think they were a very good team earlier. Like they're back. They're squarely in the in the hunt for the, for the Big Twelve championship game, which would be crazy. Um, yeah. But Texas and Texas and Kansas State was another fun one. Um, it really looked like Texas was going to run away with that, and yep. and Kansas State awesome second half man. They're they're a good football team. Uh, I think they're really well coached. I would love to have Colin Klein in South Bend. Probably not going to happen. But you think so? I. Do I think so on what? That I'd love to Colin have Klein? Him? Yeah. I don't that, think he that ever I, leaves Kansas no, State. I don't think so either. But I'd love yeah. to have that doesn't yeah. change my that doesn't change my fact that him and I would drink a lot of beers together, brothers. Um <laughs> but but yeah, I'd love to have my I, I they, they look good. It's a it's a shame it's a shame that they lost, but uh and it probably probably they're knocked out from contention at this point. But that was a really fun game as well. Um the other one we have to touch on, um is the game that happened at Piscataway? Yep. Dude, because. was that not targeting on the pick six? I thought so too. And and the, and the guys who were sitting next to me said, "No, I don't think so." I was like, "That guy I, dove I like head down for his own safety. He got hurt because yeah. like that's why the rule exists." Yeah, I I mm-hmm. I, I really thought it was targeting. And Did you get I eyes on that, Donna? Uh, because that, that was going on during us. We only have one screen going. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I didn't see it, but. Yeah, I mean, I was watching the score. They're hanging around. Yeah, father, so, son, and Greg Schiano. Damn straight. Uh, that game, that game, that score, the final score of that game ended up being 35-16, not indicative of what happened yeah. there. That game was tight. Rutgers was up 9-7 at the half and had the, had the ball on the plus side of the field winning in the third quarter. Uh they had a real shot at knocking them off. Uh, if if Rutgers' offense had even some semblance of a pulse, uh, they'd be a lot. They'd be in a lot better shape. I think Rutgers got inside the ten three times and kicked the field goal on all three times. So that's how you lose games. Yeah, but yeah, that was I had I had to mention that one because I thought I think Rutgers' defense is super salty. Like I think Shiano's got the defense going right. If he could just figure something out at quarterback, that'd be. That'd be fun for them. Yeah, can't wait to see him in the pinstripe bowl. 
me and you D on my that, birthday. That would be fun. I'd go back for that one. Oh, I'd love to. We'd love we'd love it. Me, me, me and you at Billy's before the before Rutgers plays VT. Um, Ian, you have to touch on this. How is Wrigley? Dude, it was oh, perfect. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. It was awesome. <laughs> little mindset switch up. It was it was great. It was a little, so pal- little palate cleanser. It was so unnatural. Like, um, show up and they are allowed to go both ways now. They okay. for some reason. I'm gonna like, give you a recap of my favorite parts of the game. There Please is do. maybe two it. yards behind what was basically the east end zone. That that's Ivy behind it. And there's two yards in the back. Is of that the end in zone. right field? Is that in right field or left field? Right, right field. Right. In right yeah. field. And good thing neither of these teams like throw the ball because if any wider receiver <laughs> was heading towards that back end, it'd be incredibly unsafe. Um, the other best thing was for some reason, and I think it's because the lower seats wouldn't see be able to see the field, but they they have both team sidelines on the same side of the field, which you're like, well, like that's like they're kind of close to each other. No, but the biggest issue is if you're a 300 pound D lineman going in for like a goal line package, oh. you have to run like 65 yards to get <laughs> to the other goal line to check in, which Iowa D lineman had to do. Good thing though, like watching the subs was really funny. Um, the f- good thing for them was the goal line stand that they had happened at the same hash mark four plays in a row on the one yard line. And after each one of those plays, the ground just gave out and the turf just came up and it caved in and refs had to blow it and they had to fit like grounds crew had to fix it. And that happened four plays in a row. And Northwestern got stopped four plays in a row on the same hash mark, which meant that Iowa had the ball on the same hash mark. Coming the other way, and it was just trying to sneak it out. So there were six, maybe seven plays in a row on that exact same turf spot that each time got blown up, and they had to get the grounds crew to come pick it up. And then Iowa won on a fifty-three yard field goal. It was awesome. I, I do. Saw, I saw the Iowa. I saw the Iowa specialist warming up in the in the right field end zone. Blast in the Madison Stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he was just he was putting him on Waveland. Uh, yeah. I guess that's Sheffield. But behind the benches was left field, and there's yeah. like basically the infield to the outfield. There was just open, and mm-hmm. they had like maybe 150 people that were just kind of like there, not paying attention to the game, like throwing the ball. <laughs> like so, there was like the bleachers. <laughs> a ton of space where people just weren't paying attention and dicking around. And then the game, it was so unserious all around. It was awesome. <laughs> and it was all Iowa fans. And then Northwestern kept playing these promos. Like we're to have Wrigley as your second home. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't working. This isn't I feel working. like that almost be any big 10 team has Wrigley, the advantage yeah. there. Yeah. No. Were you, um, were you, were you guys able to grab beers at Wrigleyville beforehand? I I was watching the ND game like right up until so like I was down in Lincoln Park. Yeah. Um, it was available. I mean, it was, it's a, it was it was great. I I think yeah. it's a great thing, but it certainly had its quirks. Quirks. Uh, speaking of speaking of that, uh, Syracuse plays. Who do they have this week? Syracuse plays Pitt on Saturday at Yankee Stadium. Oh. That's also gross. <laughs> That's also so, gross. I think there's gonna be there's gonna be two football games in Yankee Stadium between now and New Year, uh, which no matter what, who, no matter who gets makes the pinstripe bowl, it will be disgusting. 
Yeah, because it's gonna it's gonna be Ruck. It's more likely than not gonna be Rutgers from the Big Ten, and then you'll get either VT or uh, VT or NC State. Mm-hmm. And it'll be it'll be real gross. I'd rather do VT there. I think just like oh, I'd love I'd love to have VT. It'll be good because then the yeah. fans like Brian and Co. Well, Brian and Co. will be there. And then right, my cousin, my cousins all Rutgers people. So my cousins are all Rutgers people. So it'll be it would be nice. a good day for me. Um, all right, you guys ready to make some picks for the week? Let's do it. Let's How do we do it. last week? I honestly didn't check. Uh, we were we were so average it hurts. Uh, yeah. everybody everybody Sounds was three right. and, everybody was three and three. Uh, get in front. Ian Ian only lock winner uh, with the Texas UT team total over. I was Malik. telling. I was telling D and uh, and Ian earlier that my pit my lock was a bit of a hedge uh, in that I'm going to Army Navy uh, and Army was able to win the game, which meant my lock lost. However, it keeps the Commander in Chief's trophy alive, so that's exciting. D don't know what happened to the Badgers. Um, that was disgusting. Uh, yeah. Losing to, losing to Indiana. Um, losing to Indiana as a nine and a half point favorite is ugly. Um, yeah. But. Other than that, uh, D, you actually, uh, Ian, I don't you know kinda, why I picked USC. That was Ian, goofy. Yeah, you picking USC was tough, and then Ian, you taking Texas really sucked because that closed at three and a yeah, half. Yeah, that 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 should have that should have hit. That should have hit. Should have been losses for D and I. However, it bought everybody even on the week. Uh, Ian's still one game ahead of D, uh, but has uh, is also one game ahead in the locks. But that's not what it's about. It's not about beating you guys. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to help our listeners make money. Um, sorry that that's a byproduct of it, Alex. Would would be profitable to follow Ian ND this year. Would not be fo- profitable to follow myself. Um, yet, yet, yeah. We got we got a few weeks to turn it around. Um, I'm confident in myself. Nobody else. Maybe Tommy Smith is is confident in me. Um, all right, so we'll start. Uh, no Notre Dame this week, so we got five other games, and then everybody can provide a lock. Um, the first game we'll start with Michigan at Penn State, Big Noon kickoff. Uh, Michigan four and a half point favorites on the road. Who you guys got here? I hate, I hate, I hate that I know the answer. For do you want to go first this week, Slev? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not. Um, not getting this one's not gambling advice. I'm not putting Michigan on my card. Penn State plus four and a half. Yeah, I got less morals than you do. This yeah. is stinky as hell. Like I think this so should stinky. be closer to six. I know you're getting three. Happy Valley's got to be one of the best home field advantages. In yeah, all for sure. Um, so I don't know. You guess the real line's probably about seven, seven or eight. Um, I think Michigan is a lot better than this team. Seems like Penn State didn't really turn into what they thought we thought they might. Um, I know this is the first test that Michigan's had. But I still think they're a better team. I will put Michigan on my card. Would not care if that's lost. I just can't morally do it with everything that's going on. How about Connor <laughs> Stallions in, just being the ultimate military oh, fall my, guy? Dude, like, he's, yeah. like a marine that got, he's like a Marine that got captured overseas. He's like, I'm not saying oh. shit. I'm going down. We, we haven't have talked Stallions yet. Yeah. He's jumping on the grenade. We could do it briefly here. I don't uh, think we need to do it. I think we'd. I'd need more time than that. All right, picks. let's let's yeah. do it next week then. Yeah, but he's gonna get a bag for Michigan, right? Yeah. If not officially, Probably, he'll get one. He was certainly yeah. making more than fifty-five thousand dollars the last few years. I I think that's probably true. 
his issue now is he's got to get it by the IRS. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck, senor. Hopefully got somebody... is gonna, he's going to own a, like a car shop, like a car wash at some point pretty soon. Yeah. So somebody can, somebody's going to have to help him clean it, but I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure they'll give him, they'll get him a guy for that. Um, <laughs> next game we got uh, is Utah at uh, Utah at Washington, Washington nine point home favorites. Uh, who you guys got here? Man, this is sticky because Washington just like they don't look the same when they were just obliterating teams. Yeah, it's in Seattle, right? Yeah, in Seattle. I'm trying to get a time um, in the game, but my. So I, I also think Utah, especially, I think Rising's just not playing this year because he's going to play for Notre Dame next year. Um, okay. And, like, I, I just, like, I don't know if, like, I think Washington, this is very similar to the Oregon game where, or like, Utah just did not have the horses. And I think it goes very similarly. And I think Washington kind of pulls away at the end. Yeah. Seems like Utah... Had a, had a little good thing going. I know Arizona State was really banged up, but Utah at least got some positive momentum. I think we're fooled by, like, I don't think USC is that good. I don't think USC is that good. And Washington kind of struggled with them a little bit. Nine is too much for me. I think Utah is a tough team that won't go away. We've seen Washington have some stinkers. Give me the Utes. Uh, I'm going to go with D here. I'm going to take – Washington as well. I think that they're getting a little bit healthier. Their run game looked awesome against USC this weekend. Um, and to kind of the point that D made, I I had this – I really think Utah's super banged up, man. Like their, their list of injuries is ugly. I thought that they could hang with some of these teams. I, I picked them to, to cover against Oregon at home. The fact that that game happened at home and Oregon still gave them the work uh, – that's enough for me to say that Washington will be able to do it in Seattle. So I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Washington. Um, all right. Next game, this, uh, that game, by the way, the game we just talked about Washington, Utah is also on Fox at three 30. Fox is a real good slate lined up this weekend. Um, the next game, Tennessee, number 17, Tennessee goes on the road to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Tigers. Tennessee is a one-point favorite. Uh, is a one-point favorite on the road. This game's at three thirty. Doesn't say where it'll be, but I'm assuming it'll be on. It'll be on CBS. Uh, so, who you guys got here? And someone get hurt for Missouri? Yeah, this is a terrible line. Like, yeah, why is Missouri the better team? Missouri's a better team, right? I think and so. they're home yeah. dogs. I'm, I'm going to take the home dogs here. Yeah. My, my, my gut my gut feeling was too strong here for me to walk that back. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it could be like Georgia hangover, whatever, yada, yada, yada. It doesn't matter. Missouri's a better team. They're at home. Still have a lot to play for. Tigers. Locked up there. I'm also on, I'm also on Tigers. I think, I think you're right, Ian. Like, they definitely have some something to play for. I think they're moving in the right direction, and another win like this would – would, would kind of help that help that momentum for sure. Um, we'll stay in the SEC. We got number ten Ole Miss going to Athens. This game's seven p.m. on ESPN. Georgia ten and a half point home favorites. Who you guys got here? I get, I'll go. Um, Georgia didn't cover last week. No, so they're probably going to cover this week. Dogs. Yeah, I. 
I mean, it just looks like slowly they're they're just like slight like they keep everyone at an arm's length, like two scores right around that thirteen to twenty point mark, and I think that's where they keep this one. So the ten and a half is good because they they've just been keeping everyone right there, especially pulling away a little bit in the second half. Yeah, I'd like to be a contrarian here, but I don't think it makes makes sense to be. Ian, I'm actually just thinking the same thing that you just thought. Like they didn't cover last week at home, so they'll cover this week at home. Uh, also, um, as much as I think he looks like an alien, and I think he looks like a weirdo, Carson Beck's been playing really good football, um, and their running backs are getting healthy. Uh, he sends weird Snapchats too. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's that's really where the whole looking like an alien thing started. It's in the Snapchat <laughs> to some girl, but yeah. Anyways, uh, dogs uh, because they didn't cover last week. Um, all right. Last one here that we'll we'll pick as a group. Uh, USC goes to Oregon. Uh, Oregon is now sixteen and a half point favorites. This has moved since I last sent you guys oh, the line. Lord. Sixteen and a half point favorites at home in in Eugene. Ten thirty on Fox. So Fox has a really good triple header uh, this weekend. Actually, the game that's sandwiched in there to make it the quadruple header would be the West Virginia and Oklahoma game. Which would be wouldn't it be hilarious? But anyways, back to the game we're talking about. Oregon, sixteen and a half point favorites at home. Who you guys got? This is tough. This is I, tough. If, if every if nobody feels good about it, I'll go first. Bo knows. Let's go. Let's go, Ducks. Okay. Damn. Uh yeah. I think Sam, this is kind of similar to your guys' Michigan take. I think this is that's too many points for USC, but I I can't put them on my card. We'll go with the Ducks. Who I think I've like still trying to prove that they're one of the best teams in the country. Yep. They they need am, they need a big week they need a big weekend again. Once again, I think Oregon wins. I think they win by two scores, but I'm gonna put them on my card again. I'm Question for it. you guys. And this is you you're put you're you're picking USC D? Yep. All right. Question for you guys, separate yep. from picks. We know chaos is coming at some point. Because it's college football, where do you see it coming? ACC, Florida State drops a stinker. Yeah, Washington finally gets picked off, and I think those are like kind of the two biggest dominoes. Or you see like, or Georgia loses this. Yeah, I think Georgia might lose at some point. I don't know. It's coming somewhere, and I just can't pinpoint it. Yeah. I also would be surprised if Ohio State lost before they play Michigan. Yeah, I don't think too late. I they might be on a bye this week. No, yeah, I'm sorry. They're <laughs> they they get Michigan State at home. Oh, 31. That's, that's they have thirty one and a half point favorite. Speaking a lot, uh, yeah. Uh, I will say, D to your to your question, things get real interesting if somehow Penn State's able to beat Ohio, uh, able to beat Michigan. I don't think it will mm-hmm. happen again. It could, don't nobody should go take that as advice. But if Penn State were to win, it throws a real wrench in there because they looked awful, but they lost to like. They lost to Ohio State. Ohio State hasn't looked good. Michigan looks like the more dominant team, but I think it makes the Big Ten East very, very, very interesting. If we get the three-way tie up there, that would be chaos. Very chaotic. Uh, if the round robin set of wins, that'd be fun. Uh, yeah. That would unfortunately mean that Ohio State would have to lose uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And I, I hate rooting for Michigan, but would be would make, would make for fun. All right. Anybody got a lock they're feeling good about? It's a tough board. Ian's got one. Put some respect on the Jayhawks. Like, they've done some good things. And I looked at that, yeah. They're at home again. They're only laying three and a half in Texas Tech. That 
I think they're the better team, and they got some special happening down there. So give me give me Kansas. That's that's what I get for waiting. Ian, great great pick. Sorry, sorry. You can no, take no, it no, 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 no. It's yours. <laughs> So mine, we, we talked about teams who got something to play for, and um, this team might be coming off a little big game hangover. I gave them a shout-out earlier in the pod, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Two-and-a-half-point favorites against UCF in Orlando. Ooh. Ooh, I don't I have a particular too. feeling that that's going to be an insanely raucous crowd by any means. Um, and, you know, like you said, they got – Big 12 title to play for if they're only if they're scraping one out. Now, I know UCF took Texas to the wire, but like that felt more fluky really than anything. Um, so I'll take the uh, they put they have a very similar is Plumlee still there playing? Yes. Yeah, he played last weekend. Yeah, and I knew he was hurt, but you what know, he's similar ish. It is at I believe 3 30. Yeah, it's 3 30. So the bounce house will be a little less bouncy. Yeah, I was gonna say tough, tough to pick. Tough to pick that with going into the bounce house deep, but I like it. Um, yeah. Man. All right. Um, this one's going to be disgusting, but I'm going to plug my nose and do it because I think Arkansas is on quit watch. Uh, Auburn plus three in Fayetteville. Right. Yeah. I like that a lot as well, but Arkansas. Like I will say, I will say you, uh, you almost had me at Rutgers plus two in Iowa City, but we'll are we going to have another? We'll, how about Iowa three straight games in the over under of like under thirty one? What is it? It's twenty eight and a half. They just keep going down a point. Let me sitting down at twenty nine right now. I'm I think they just they just twenty eight It's got down to twenty eight and a half on ESPN. That it was Jeez. so clear that oh, that under was going to hit like off the bat. It was so clear. I just don't think Vegas can fathom. Like putting a like a seventeen out there, but that's what they have to do. I heard someone say like when they're picking this game, it's like I don't. There is no shot that there's four touchdowns or even like three full touchdowns scored in the Iowa Northwestern yeah. game. No shot. All right, fellas. Good, good ball. All right. We'll we'll reconvene next week. Everybody have a good weekend. Looks like we might have a Hooper and Marcus Burton. Potentially. Yeah. Uh, I will say one thing that happened. I don't know if you guys saw my eyes light up while we were talking about Clemson. Yeah. Uh, Shrewsbury's kid, Shrewsbury's kid, pulled up from the logo with four and a half left in the half with 24 seconds on the shot clock. I swear to God, and he bricked it off the right bottom right of the backboard. I don't know what I was looking at. Ian saw my face and was very concerned. I actually had to check to make sure that that wasn't the end of the half. But when well, dad's the coach, you get a green light. It's a hooper. <laughs> yeah, he thought he was Jimmer. Uh, I can't wait to talk more about ND hoops. Let's see if we can hang in here. Let's uh, do something. All right, fellas. Have a good right, week. Man. We'll talk later. Peace.